listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. If you enjoy 9ES, please head over to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 9ES Deluxe level. That will give you access to Garbage Time, the companion episode that we record each and every episode of 9ES. On this week's Garbage Time, John gives us more information about the heroic age of Antarctic exploration. That's right, we love Antarctic adventures on Garbage Time. But in the main episode, the episode you're about to listen to, we talk about Speaker of the House McCarthy, we talk about Barbara Walters, we talk about movies that came out in 2022. This is a pop culture podcast, so I think we would have talked about these sooner. So we talk about Glass Onion, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, uh, we talk about the unbearable weight of massive talent, and uh, the menu as well. So movies, you know, came out recently. Uh, we also talk a little bit about video games, maybe uh, God of War Ragnarok, and Disco All this and probably a little bit more on Must be close. Must be close to yep. GMT. Anyway, it's the first 90s of the year. Uh, no warnings on the audio this time, so that means it is That's right. Good. But it definitely says I don't know, it, that local time, your time is 1:10 a.m. on the. 10th. It's not though. It's actually. <laughs> Could you secretly move your entire office to England? Twist. That'd be pretty great. Like I know that we're not supposed to. Like uh, at work, we're not supposed to tr- leave. Canada to work. Hmm. Te- technically, in if you're like based, I think it's just like for for taxation purposes is like the the very very broad one. But there's also like even outside of North America, they're like, oh yeah, for I guess server issues and whatever. Like your your hmm. signal is being carried over other providers and whatnot. And you know, but with it being a big old big old company, I guess they're yeah. more open to data theft and whatever. But I was always like, but if you did have to try to like dupe them, perhaps a fake office background. Not that you know, anyone goes to work with anything other than. Well, can, uh, couldn't you just take a picture of of the behind of your desk and use that as a as like a background image yeah. for? Yeah. I use, uh, truth be told, at work, I uh, use AI art generation stuff for my hmm. wallpapers on Teams. Uh, right now, there's a, a futuristic winter night train is what the AI background that is on my, my team thing. I had a cyberpunk Christmas train for the holidays, mm-hmm. and my default is a post-apocalyptic Mad Max train. That's my... It's pretty appropriate for uh, CN. Yeah, and, I have uh, it. Yeah. Keep, keeping it railroad. What's crazy about the post-apocalyptic Mad Max train is that the AI was like, since it's, I guess, post-apocalyptic... It's just like blasting through the deserts and is not on rails, <laughs> which I was like, eh, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. that could happen in Mad Max. Uh, yeah, what's going on? I don't even know, like, news-wise and stuff. The only piece of, like, current events news that I have any, like, input in because it was tragically tragedorable was the mm-hmm. 16 votes to get uh kevin mccarthy like ratified as the speaker of the house explain to me i I don't understand this process but it it seems to me if you lose 15 times you've had your shot you know shouldn't they go get someone else what what is going on there is that democracy you you elect this guy unless not and then we'll do another election until he gets elected yeah right like i mean like, like in theory, I, you would think that, but because the Republicans have the House, they're allowed to just keep voting for Speaker. So there was like, and this is the, the I mean, I guess the, 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 the underlying here is that like the Republicans themselves are in such like a fractious state of being that like, they were like, we can definitely agree that most of us want this guy, but they're like, but not all of us. So they could not actually, like, push it through. And then what you kind of end up with is something that I think looks closer to actual democracy. Because apparently, like, every time that they voted no, he then kind of, like, went out, whipped the votes, gave a bunch of concessions to the, uh, like, people who were holding out and whatever else. So, like, a lot of people got concessions from him, 
in order That's fucking to fucking hogwash. Okay, he had to concede things, and that is an element of a democracy that would be a good thing. But in no way, shape, or form does that make what is going what went on there democratic. Well, sure, like, but I mean, but I think that that's what is you end up with when you have a two party system, right? Like, so, like, arguably, yeah. the Republicans not voting for McCarthy should not be in the same party as the ones who are like, he's our man. Right? I mean, like, the, whole, the whole party thing should just go away. There should be no parties. There should be representation. Out of, out of context quotes. It's, John, there should be no parties ever. <laughs> Celebrations come to an end. That's it. We're done. Yeah, and it was apparently the like first time in like well over a century or whatever that there was no speaker for this long. I think unprecedented hmm. number of votes and all that stuff. And you're like, boy, is this the fall of the American empire or what? Are we saying? I think that's yeah. pretty much the only the only real like current event news that like trickled trickled into my uh, holiday brain. Yeah, uh, I guess Barbara really Walters exciting? died. Did she? Barbara mm-hmm. Walters died, and I was like, oh, like she was kind of young, and then like no, she was ninety three. Yeah, which shocked me because I was like, but she was doing like pretty like lucid interviews and stuff like well into her eighties, I guess. Like. Mm. You know, I was I like, mean, that was her biz, wasn't it? Oh, for sure. But like, I yeah. just like the fact that like, in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, like she still like popped in on the view and stuff in like recent memory. And I was like, oh, so that means that like, that was when she Doing was still in her seventies, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. that was anyway. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and I guess nothing, nothing bad has really come and been, ever really been said about her other than maybe some like, she, she did some like gotcha journalism and stuff and was like mm. sort of like famous for kind of like catching people. She was she was on a hot mic that she didn't didn't realize when uh, she was interviewing Corey Feldman when he was trying to talk about pedophilia in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and um, she was trying to get him to shut up. And the quote from her was, "You're damaging the whole industry. You have to stop." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody gets one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but like, I went not, and again, not not to defend them, but like, when was that? If it was like any time, I feel that like any time more recent than the last ten years. Well, was, no, it was two thousand five or something like that. Yeah, so it was like before the modern the modern era. Yeah, exactly. So that's the, it. that guy goes and kills himself after, right? It's it. The, there wasn't no, nothing. Corey Feldman killed himself more earlier than two thousand five. No, I thought Corey Feldman killed himself in the nineties. Mm. Corey Haim, you're thinking Corey Haim. Corey Feldman's still alive. He raps with Snoop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I'm mixing up my Corys. Yeah, yeah. So many Corys. <laughs> They're all over the place. Yeah, when did Corey Haim die? I'm going it now. This is a good maybe podcast. Maybe Corey I'm mixing Haim, it up Barbara then, because I think it was Corey Feldman that, he, that she was talking to. So I don't. Uh, so then he didn't kill himself after. I, sh- I shouldn't have said that. Barbara Walters and Corey Feldman was an interview... In this video, so it's like an old video of her shutting down, but old video like when? And apparently it was like, well, did it surface in 2013 or was it in 2013? Because if it was 2013, Barbara Walters should have known. Yeah, so yeah, 20, 2013, yeah. Barbara Walters exasperated. Although, <laughs> come on, Reddit. Like, of course, this is like on interesting as fuck. December 31st, 2022, I was like quick quick to be like the lady died the day later she died being like Corey Feldman exasperated Barbara Walters and I was like yeah I mean like not to say that the shots don't deserve but like let the body get cold you know yeah. <laughs> before you take those shots I haven't watched too many things in the last couple of weeks I watched bit. Glass Onion we can I talk about that too. I feel like we did already no, didn't I Scott we, watch we, it we all talked about nights. wanting to watch it I watched uh, so I watched five movies, four of which came out in 2022. I caught up. I did like what? I did like of the time been film watching. So I watched I watched Glass Onion. Uh-huh. I watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh, cool, cool. I watched uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm-hmm. The which, new um, Nick Cage movie. Yeah, the Nick Cage replays himself. Uh, and I watched The Menu. So those are all okay. the recent films. The the menu. I guess we'll get to them. So yeah, yeah. This is what the show is going to be about, listener. Probably these films. We just said we haven't watched. We have not been paying attention to the news, and I've watched some recentest movies. And then uh, the unbearable white, uh, unbearable white, unbearable weight of massive talent made uh, like a handful of references to Paddington Two, 
And hmm. uh, so we decided to watch Paddington 2. Because Paddington 2, I remember when it like came out or whatever, is is among the like top-reviewed films of all time on Rotten you Tomatoes. Mean the Bear? Yes, Paddington 2 has a 99% fresh uh, approval rating from like 252 critics. Like, really? Like, it is like audiences are more like reasonable, like 80 or something. But like yeah. critics are like Paddington 2 is the perfect film. It's like apparently, and if you look at like overall, like it's a 99 point something, something, whatever. It's it's critically, if you look only at the tomato meter, is comparable to Shawshank Redemption in terms of its critical acclaim. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, like the best reviewed movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Paddington, not Paddington. Paddington Two. Paddington Two. Was it yes. like a was it like a meme to go and vote it up, or was it like no? These the... are the critics. Like like the like I said, audience view is like eighty or whatever. Like like because right. like the critics, you have to be like accredited to be yeah. a a critic there. So it's like the professional critics called Paddington and Two. It's like, just and a flawless movie. It, and I mean, like they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's it's well made. It's like charming, well acted. Like it, it kind of it operates in a very similar mode as the like the Wes Anderson uh like Fantastic Mr. Fox kind right. of thing. It's like it, it's it's like sometimes like the animation's like good quality, the acting there's like Hugh Grant and stuff like that. There's like good actors putting in good performances. It's a it's a cute little story about Paddington Bear, man. Like it's uh All right. There it is. Like I mean like I don't have too much to say about Paddington 2 other than it is like pretty touching. Sarah cried a couple times. Like really pulled on the old heartstrings, and I was like, "For like, okay, so spoilers for Paddington too." He's like, "There's a scene where in like the finale, he gets like locked into uh, the caboose of a train, and it goes careening off a cliff into a river, and the mother, Mrs. Brown, is like swims and like can get the door open only so far, and it's like locked and cannot get it open, and it's like trying to reach and trying to reach, and then you just see like Paddington just like." kind of like his eyes glaze over and his hands like sort of like like drifts away and like Sarah was like it's, it's like whatever and I was like they're not gonna kill Paddington in the Paddington <laughs> movie Sarah <laughs> and be like, also, they, don't, they don't make kids movies like that anymore <laughs> like, we're not gonna Man, watch what would that do character. to parents and kids these days if there was an old yeller type of movie that with no warning you know you, you like you're watching Paddington do and the ending is Paddington dies <laughs> Except that Paddington is like animated, you know, so like you could get away with, or or it's like stop motion or whatever. I'm talking about like a, like a movie with like a real, you know, live acted animal that just fucking gets it at the end. <laughs> just does, doesn't pull out. Yeah, I mean, but it would still be pretty <laughs> brutal if Paddington died at the end of Paddington Two. Yeah, and it's like, oh, the movie series is over. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so Paddington mm-hmm. was all right. Uh, how did you like Glass Onion? I liked it a lot. I liked it better than the first one, I would say. The um, characters were fun. The mystery was good. They had a good fake-out um, reveal scene at the start. Yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's the same thing, though, where uh, like Benoit Blanc, mm-hmm. I was like, is a liar <laughs> in both films. What do you mean? Like he 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 does the same shtick in Knives Out, right? Where he like acts like he doesn't know what's going on, but actually like has the has the the the, the upper hand has the upper hand with the the nurse in the first one, and yeah. uh, the and then obviously with uh, spoilers for not glass onion with Janelle Monae in the second one, even more mm-hmm. so I think in the second one. But like in the first yeah. one, in the first one he like kind of like figures it out, and then like it becomes as much about like protecting the nurse. As it is about mm-hmm. solving the the crime, right? Like he puts it together that she's the one who did it, and then is trying to figure out why and whatever. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I was like, yeah, Benoit Blanc is a bit of a liar. Is uh... yeah, he's. I find he's like kind of the least charming part of the whole thing to me. Like I think he's like you're like meant to be delighted by his accent and whatever. It doesn't doesn't work that well for me. I it's find okay. it. I like it because I don't find like. Like, it's the thing of, like, the best detectives are, like, not that charming. They're all kind of, like, bristly dicks, right? Obsessive. Like, yeah, that's it. It's like, like, when you're like, like Sherlock Holmes is not likable. Like, Poirot's not likable. Like, Miss Marple's not likable. 
Like, so I was like, I kind of like that he's not, like, he comes off as like, oh, I'm just this southern gentleman, but you're like, eh, kind of a bit of a jerk, and you're a little, like, mm-hmm. over the top all the time. I did like that he was just sitting there playing uh, Among Us with, uh, like, who is it, like, the girl from uh, Russian Doll. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, who else was he playing? Was it, was it Sam Jackson? Maybe like I don't know. It's just like just like a weird like menagerie of like actual celebrities, and appears to be like in lockdown. Oh, with Angela you, Lansbury is one of them. Oh yeah, Angela Lansbury is one of them. Also. <laughs> and he appears to be like in lockdown with Hugh Grant. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, that's his boyfriend. I think. Yeah. yeah. I but I thought that they in the in the bath they they call him Hugh. So I think that maybe his oh maybe he's there as himself. His, Who knows? Or maybe in the world of Knives Out. Hugh Grant is Benoit Blanc's boyfriend. <laughs> like, it's possible. What did you think of Edward Norton? Uh, Edward Norton was really fun. I thought that yeah, was... Uh... I think in general he's like, he just plays Edward Norton. The more I've seen him in movies, like the more I realize his range is pretty limited. But this well, character was like, it's for like him. Particularly for like comedy. Yeah. Right? Like, like if, if it's comedy, he's just kind of playing that guy. Like yeah. if you're looking at like stuff that... Uh, like he wasn't even like he wasn't like that when he was playing like the Hulk or whatever, and or like any you know like he wasn't. Nah. Anyway, uh, one thing I thought that was like super funny is I was like, obviously like he's a pastiche parody of tech billionaires, right? Like mm-hmm. so, like I'm, like not necessarily one in particular, <laughs> right? Like he seems to be just tech billionaires in general as a as a yeah. as a big bad concept. But I thought it was like really funny that I was like Janelle Monae is like real-world friends with Grimes. And I was like, so there's a very real possibility that she has spent, like, not just, like, conversational time, but, like, has spent maybe actual time with Elon Musk and then, like, shoots this film. Like, I wonder if they're like, hey, that's that's mean. Uh-huh. Uh, she was really good in it, I thought. Yep. The, yep. Also playing the, the, two, the two roles. The two roles of one role was pretty fun. Yep. Yeah, the Batista was great. Yeah, like, he um, had more range than I kind of expected, you know. He's doing good. Yeah, but, like, we've already kind of seen that Batista does have, like, a bit of range. Like, not to say it was, like, a, the, the biggest role of his life, but, like, remember in mm-hmm. uh, Cyberpunk, uh, not Cyberpunk, Blade Runner. Yeah. Like, in Blade yeah, Runner. Yeah, short, short. Short, but was still yeah. just, like, showing that he had, like, more chops than just, like, beefy dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this, I like the scene when he, like, told the... Uh, Told off Janelle Monet, being like, "Yeah, this is what this is. We're just riding coattails, and we got <laughs> screwed. Like, what do you want from us?" Yeah. Uh, I think it, it passes the the like the Scott test. Scott's not here, incidentally. If he's not yeah. just being real quiet, <laughs> the, um, it, it passes the Scott test. Of, it, doesn't like, it doesn't lie to you on screen. It actually yeah. does, though, doesn't it? In that one shot when the guy is saying, "This is what happened," it's showing his lie. It's not showing what actually happened. When he when he drops the poison, does he? I, I yeah, haven't again, gone think, back to watch it's like it again. It's, but it's like it's. I believe it's still him doing the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Which I feel so, like exactly. it's still. Even if it showed the lie, it would be conforming to Scott's rule because it was. It's like showing what the person is describing at that moment, which is a well, lie. right. But if the original shot wasn't that. I think that I'm pretty sure the original shot actually shows the swap rather than yeah the, exactly that's yeah. which I which I think like what like as like as I was watching it when they showed it when Benoit Blanc like says that's actually what happened I was like mm-hmm. that like when they what showed that shot I was like that is more reminiscent of the shot that I think actually happened I didn't bother to go rewind it so yeah me either but I mean I think that that's that is not necessarily a, that's like I think a trope of. Uh, what do you call it? Like a lot of detective movies, when someone is like telling you the story, like they they reenact it as yeah, as they the person who's telling it like remembers or whatever. Like and they and they kind of they also use when they're um, when they're going through the poison of the 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 Janelle Monet character, right? Like that scene is shot with every single solitary character slipping the poison, right? As they go through it, it's not like yeah, yeah. like because they're like hypothesizing. I liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. It was like. Mm-hmm. I hope they make more of them. Well, didn't they sign a deal for three? Oh, sure, but, I mean, like, but they also did that for uh, for what's his name with uh... Star Wars. Whoa. No, ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Ryan Johnson, but they Netflix signed uh, 
the guy who did all those movies and did like the Midnight Society and all that stuff. Remember, he did The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, he um, he did the. Okay, the, so so didn't yeah. he do his three? No, 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 no. They 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 bought all the the Christopher Pike book for him and whatever else like that, and then was like Midnight Club was supposed to be like a series of like multiple seasons and all that stuff. Then they axed him and terminated the entire deal. And he hmm. was still and he still had an open ended deal for like multiple seasons of Midnight Club, and they also bought him all the Christopher Pike books and Weird. like and this and that. Yeah, and he him and his producing partner have like taken their services over to Amazon. I thought I thought they were all happy with him. Didn't didn't the, la- the these horror things have been pretty damn good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Well, that was I think why they gave him Midnight Club, and yeah. then I think Midnight Club didn't do as well. And Netflix is quick with the chopping block. So I guess so. Well, anyway, they apparently the I'm like, I don't know how true this is, but yeah. this is what I read was that they gave him a three mo- three Knives Out movies is what they're asking for. So like, this is the first four one. total. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, they're pretty. I can't imagine they're. I'm not saying they're not expensive. Like they're they're well shot and stuff. But it's like you kind of like a, a mystery is like always like I think of of as an easy shoot because you have like a couple locations, but mostly one. Yeah. Right. Like it's until like, he decides to do a riff on the uh, like an Orient Express type of movie. But even then, it's on the train. Right. Like yeah. I watched I watched Murder on the Orient Express, and it was like yeah, there was like the 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 port uh, the, not the ports like the train stations, but like it's all basically on the train. Yeah, for the most part, even murder on the Nile, they're on the boat for most of it. Like, you have a couple of exotic locations, but arguably the bulk of your shooting happens there. I guess you just put a fun little fun little ensemble cast together, and everybody gets to do wacky accents and. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff. Yeah, have fun. I I do love the the immediate solving of the the, the fake murder mystery though was mm-hmm. was hilarious. Rock solid, and and it's great because it's like you, you go you expect that moment in this movie, and then he twists your expectation by giving it to you right at the start. You know, and he's like, "Oh, this is this, and this, and, and it was her because you had the magazine that was left out." And like, just like gives gives you the the gotcha moment, and then also Sarah's like, "Oh man, like what a jerk!" He's like ruining the whole weekend, but he's like, "Listen, I didn't want to ruin the whole weekend, but your life may be in danger." <laughs> <laughs> so like, kind of justifies justifies being a jerk and ruining the whole murder mystery thing. yeah anyway I, it was it was great fun I, like it wasn't flawless there's definitely parts of it you could pick apart or like characters that didn't totally work but like big picture i would i would go watch another two of those yeah like i said i, yeah. I, I, I like i like me a good mystery and i think yeah. it was a good mystery uh so that was glass on you i guess i mean i guess we should wait to rank it because yeah was, scott was really excited to talk about this <laughs> yeah sorry scott uh, following that, we yeah, we watched uh, Weird. The okay. Yankovic, yep, sorry. yep. The Weird Al played by um, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How's it go? It's so funny. <laughs> it's like it's really, really, really in the vein of UHF. <laughs> like, okay. like, like twenty to the years point ahead where, of its time. Huh? Twenty years is. ahead of its time. I mean, maybe we're gonna see like uh, biopics, like go this way where you're just sort of like yeah sure madonna did get uh kidnapped by pablo escobar and weird al yankovic <laughs> did have to go like in guerrilla warfare style to rescue madonna from pablo escobar <laughs> you know who's to say that that did not occur <laughs> like uh yeah it's it, it's funny but it's also kind of like it's that it's that very like like uhf where you're like it's just stupid funny you know mm-hmm. like like you're like it it's well done stupid funny but you're like don't expect anything like super intelligent uh there's like a part where like obviously he becomes in the film the like most important like musician like of the time you know where it's like after uh after my bologna he's like i'm only doing original songs from now on and then he like records mm-hmm. eat it and then, like, yep. Michael Jackson rips him off. <laughs> you know? He's just like, who's this upstart Michael Jackson anyway? Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, yeah, really, like, stuff like that is just very, very funny. And, like, you're you're not watching it for even, like, a ounce of truth. Is is there any true story in there? Quite a bit, just actually. Like, like, there's, like, like, there's, like, the timeline outside of the, like, Flights of Fancy is all, like, 
more or less correct. Like even that he recorded the demo for My Bologna in his like school bathroom because it had good acoustics. Yeah. Like that happened. Yeah. That he got kind of like picked up and discovered by Doctor Demento after like sending it into the radio station. That all happened. That like mm-hmm. he got interviewed by like Oprah. Also happened, but it was like a little like. It was, like, before she had a show, on, like, when she was on, like, just, like, Chicago Morning, and it was, like, a, a fluff tidbit piece before they went to commercial. Not, like, the episode is about Weird Al. You know, right. like, even uh, the Madonna thing. Like, him and Madonna apparently, like, were... He says that they, like, hung out or whatever. She actually has played along with it and said, like, maybe more. So, like, who knows? <laughs> They're not, in fact, lovers. <laughs> but, you know, like, still, like, rubbed shoulders with Madonna and stuff. Like, there's uh, weird little, like, throwaway stuff. Like, he's at a party and, like, Devo's at the party and whatever. And you're like, yeah, apparently <laughs> that also, like, him and Mark Mothersbaugh apparently were actually close. You know, like, so there's, like, enough, <laughs> like, bits and pieces of it, like... His dad was apparently a bit of a hard ass, but like didn't forbid him from playing the accordion like he does in the film, whatever. Like right. he's like the devil's squeeze box and stuff. <laughs> he, like in high school, he like goes to like a party, or whatever, and then they're sort of like, "Oh, bust this out!" And they put it on like a polka track, and he's like, "You didn't tell me this was a polka party. My parents would kill me." Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, freaking out, or whatever. And, like at one point, like even when he, like when he runs away from home, he was just sort of like. He's like, I'm going to be the best accordion player in the world. Well, maybe not the best, but at least probably the most recognizable in a very specific genre of music. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, they give him, like, an achievement, like, later on in the film to be, like, the not best, but most recognizable accordion player in a very specific genre of music goes to. (laughs) Right. He's like, yeah. Like... Yeah, but I mean, and I think that I think that's the joke is that like if you did a like a biopic of Al Yankovic, it would be boring because apparently he was like more or less free of scandal and just like hung out with his music nerds and did parody songs. Like mm-hmm. that's like what he did. He made some funny things, and that was about it. So kind of yeah. Obviously, he's doing all drinking and driving and drugs and everything. It's almost like walk hard level of insane nonsense that goes on. That's high praise. Very- that was a great movie. Yeah, 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 that's it. It's, like, certainly in the, certainly in that vein and, like, deserves to be in that vein. And, like, Daniel Radcliffe is great as, as Al. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's so, like, <laughs> so it's like, one part that would just crack me up was whoever, whoever, he's like, I'm so-and-so. Like, a guy, like, walks up and, like, says a name and everyone's like, who? He's like, I'm the bass player from Queen. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then every, for the rest of the scene, people are like, you're right, guy from Queen. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, I can't, literally cannot name the bass player from Queen. Was that like, making fun of them for their bio movie? Was that the, what that uh, was about? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Just just maybe. Like, it was just funny that, like, whatever. At one point, like, it's like early 80s, whatever. He's like, the band and I are playing a little show called Live Aid next week, and we love for you to come up for a song or two. And I was like, hard pass, nerds. And like, <laughs> 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 like, <clears throat> yeah, it's great. Uh, oh, what do you call it? Uh, Jack Black plays Wolfman Jack, which is also right, just, yeah. like amazing. Just like, I'm Wolfman yeah. Jack, baby. Like, it's just the most, like, completely over-the-top Wolfman Jack impersonation, which is not unlike Wolfman Jack. Isn't that Jack. apparently what he was? He was, like, out of his mind, yeah. screaming and running around and drunk all the time and... Yeah, pretty much. So it's yep. just a fun thing. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Connor, not Connor. Conan O'Brien plays uh, Andy Warhol for some insane reason. <laughs> <laughs> just like hanging out at a party. Like I was like, th- there's yeah, there's that one scene where there's like every, like not every, but like so many comedians from that like crew, like that like Weird Al, Jack Black. Conan O'Brien, like Scott Ackerman, like all all these guys from like that kind of like California, like they're all in like a pool party scene. Some of them don't even have like speaking parts. And I was like, that scene must have been a nightmare to film. Like just like, especially since it's like largely just a cameo scene. So like no one, no one's there for like a big long shoot. They just got to like deliver like punchy lines and stuff. Like I was like, must have been continual blown takes nonstop. Like just put like 30 guys around a pool and like tell them to act silly. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend 
checking it out. Like, especially, I think, I mean, like, there's a weird thing about Weird Al, too, right? Like, I feel that, like, every, like, nerd is like, yeah, Weird Al's kind of the best. Like, like almost, like, universally, like, a, like nerdy, geeky, like, there's something about him and, like, I don't know, like, Dungeons and Dragons and video games and whatever else. Mm-hmm. If you like Why to play D and D, there's a good chance you like Weird Al for some reason. <laughs> like, well, I'm guilty as charged. I, I, like Weird Al was always there as I was growing up, and yeah. then you know he was still there even when I had like aged out of his like brand of humor. Mm-hmm. And he never had a fall from grace. You know, he just kept going, doing the same thing. UHF was like a million years ahead of its time and was super funny. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. And even like like your like like Amish Paradise was very funny. Yeah, you know, like like white and nerdy. White and nerdy, like he he kept like, it kept it hot. The, the comedy was hot, you know, <laughs> all the way to present day. Yeah, he did the did all the stuff on uh, Comedy Bang Bang there, where he was like the van leader on on Comedy Bang Bang. That was funny. Like he always did off off the off the wall comedy stuff. Do you remember when he did Owl Music and he took over much music for a bunch of nights? Vaguely, yeah. I also it was it was funny. It was like. He he got like I guess the deal was he would he would MC one night of of show you know and then play his own music and do his own skits and whatever and then he did it like two or three times I'm making that up I, I but more than once I think I saw yeah. Al Al music. That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean you know weird if you're into Weird Al you're going to be into it but it was like a crazy slapsticky night and obviously the guy knows music you know his yeah. band re-records everything. Yeah, none yeah, of it yeah. comes from the labels or whatever. Like they just they they so everything you hear is actually them playing it. Yeah, which is yeah. nuts. And like, and he is like also like as maybe not the best, but he's like really good at accordion. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> like it's like you listen to all those like accordion riffs and whatever. And like someone I forget who it was, someone was telling me who like played accordion. They're like absolutely, this is like top like, tier. Yeah, like this is top tier accordion playing. Like as like. <laughs> As silly as like, like, like as silly as it sounds. Apparently, like mm-hmm. he's a like I don't know. Let's call him like the slash of accordion of polka. Maybe yeah. Is he the slash of polka? Where you're like certainly not the best, <laughs> but you're like is definitely guaranteed the, for a good time. Yeah, exactly. Super weird. And it is also one thing that is really funny is that just like Daniel Radcliffe is so short, and Al Yankovic is an actual very tall person. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just like, if I'm not mistaken, like people refer to him as like a tall, handsome man and stuff like that when they're like describing him. But like, it's even like sometimes like shot like over the shoulder and stuff in such a way to like make Daniel Radcliffe appear shorter. Like they like, just totally works. Yeah, they just do. Well, no, but like, well, no, but they do it like they almost do like Hobbit style stuff where he's like tiny in many, many scenes. But then the dialogue is like tall guy, curly hair. And they're like, oh, that guy? And like, you see him like <laughs> visibly shorter than everyone. They're like, that's right. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, really funny. Um, it's on uh, Amazon, yeah? Uh, no, it's on Roku. Roku? Yeah. I don't know how Do you Roku have to have a Roku to see it? I mean, I think you can just go to like Roku.com and see it. Huh. I don't know. It's available for free is my understanding. Right. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and of course, like, uh, like this is just like he writes, like, he's like, songs just don't, like, appear, like, out of nowhere, man, or whatever else like that. And then he's just sort of like, hey, is this your Bologna? Yeah, that's my, my, my Bologna. And he's Bologna. like, what? And, like, <laughs> just starts, like, drumming and tapping. And that scene, the scene where they, like, discover, like, my Bologna is very much making fun of the Queen movie. Like, when they, like, when they're having, like, an argument and they just, like, discover... Like another one bites the dust, or we will rock you, or whatever, whatever track it is. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's very much. They're like, say that again. <laughs> it's like my Bologna, ma ma ma. Points at the guy Bologna, and he's like, yeah, and just like, <laughs> yeah, that scene is definitely making fun of the Queen movie. <laughs> but there, anyway. there's a lot of songs. If I hear them on the radio, I I hear the Weird Al version and not the, and like deep cuts, you know, like Yoda and. Uh, you know, yeah, I would say like Amish Paradise is one of the ones where like it's always always in the track. White Nerdy's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's, but how often do you hear MacArthur Park? Right, <laughs> but like, but when you do hear it, it's like it's a, it's a nice like song. But you're like Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. Is always where my brain will go. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely heard Jurassic Park like 
hundreds of times more than I've ever heard MacArthur. Do you remember the video? No. Claymation? Ever, that makes sense. All, like, all the characters from the movie getting massacred? It's pretty great. Yeah. What are some of the other ones? The Like, yeah, like Eat It and My Bologna are, are also classics. Oh, I think I'm a clone now? I think I'm a clone now is pretty good. Uh-huh. I was also like, Dare to be Stupid is always, is not a parody, but it's just like a, a genre the parody spirit of... of Devo, like in the style yeah. of Devo. And Dare to be Stupid is like a really good track. It could have uh, been what, a Devo what, song. What's the one that I'm thinking of? The Beverly Hillbillies? No, 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 no. Ah, the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Oh, um, um. Yabba Dabba Do Now? Yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah. yes. Yabba Dabba Do yeah. Now, whatever the, the the Flintstones one. <laughs> Don't know what it means, but I say it anyhow. Yabba Dabba Do Now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, always struck me as like the greatest of parody because like Anthony Kiedis just makes up noises. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like no, there's layers. Yeah, like, there's layers of the parody that Anthony Kiedis is like, we are limited by language as lyricists. It's like, I hate you, Anthony Kiedis. Uh, also, just when I mentioned the, mm-hmm. um, how, like, that pool scene must have been insane to shoot. The whole film, like, the entire film was shot over 18 days. So, wow. like... It's a hell of a shoot. Two and a half weeks to film, a, like, a... Like, it's 108 minutes, yeah, like a feature film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's a aggressive shoot. And, uh, anyway, it was hilarious. Go watch... Weird. Let's How about try again. Oh no. So here we are talking about. Uh, we were talking about a bunch of movies and things. Yeah. Um, and but I was going to say before I, I was like I'll give you my uh, my regular regular schedule. I'm still playing God of War update. Oh yes. Yeah. It is a huge game. I think I'm at like fifty something hours, maybe sixty, and mm-hmm. I think I'm about maybe 60% done with the story. Maybe 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think I just kind of kicked off the third act. So I was like, but it's... Yeah, I was like, I'm I'm kind of... I never thought of those games as being, like, super long. I mean, that's because they haven't been. Those guys have been the, like, 15, 20-hour games. Yeah, exactly. So, I think like, even I'm the... the, the you know? The new, the new one, I think, was maybe, like, maybe 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, with side quests and stuff. Like, I think it took me, like, maybe, like, 50 hours to, like, 100%. So yeah, and I'm nowhere near 100. percent Like they have the like 12 optional bosses and all that stuff. And this is also a year where Elden Ring came out that has like 200 hours, 300 hours, and you're still sure. not 100 percent it. But like, I mean, those games have always been like long, very long games, sure. right? Like so. Sure. <clears throat> but yeah, exactly. I said I'm used, not used to necessarily a God of War being that type. But apparently, but even the devs said they were like. Yeah, absolutely. It's like same engine as the the first one and whatever else like that. And we knew that like a lot of the development time on the first one was just like making this engine, and now it's us playing with it, and we can just make it go. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, very fun. You still Com- loving it? Combat super fun. Characters talking to each other super fun. You just walk around. Like it's like oftentimes like with like the because almost at every point in time you have two if not. Like, well, one, if not two companions. So counting Kratos, like, three people are kind of mm-hmm. around, right? You have, like, Mimir's severed head hanging off your belt, and then you usually have, like, another companion. And then sometimes, like, it's the kid. Sometimes it's, like, the kid and the dwarf. Sometimes, like, Freya hangs out with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess this is, like, the teeniest, tiniest of spoilers, but it's not really, like, a story spoiler, is that, like, you have pretty extensive sections where you play as the kid, and he feels, like, very, very, like, it's... A, very different from Kratos. Like, he's... Mm-hmm. You're not... Like, it's a... Yes, it's same viewpoint, but, like, way more smushy. You gotta be way more, like, tuck and roll and stuff, like... But you also have arrows. You can, like, spin back and, like, actual kite and, like, pepper with arrows that are have, like, all these different effects. So, mm-hmm. like, kudos to them for being, like, hey, we're gonna, like, have a pretty good... I don't... Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's compelling enough that, like, if they're, like... And the third one, you're just the kid. I don't know if, like, it's that compelling. Or, like, it's, it's the Kratos story. Are, are you playing it on the five or on the four? I'm playing it on the five. Yeah. Which is the way to go. It's so quiet. Loading time is non-existent. 
Look, you had your chance, PlayStation. I was going to buy one. Then you, you didn't have one for me to buy. That's I mean, they're it. all available now. They're fully in stock everywhere. You can go to Costco uh-huh. right now. Get a PS5. Yeah, well, now there isn't an Elden Ring to buy. I mean, for now. Uh-huh. There'll be another one. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, no, I'm really, uh, really happy with it. And while I've, I, my eyes don't recognize the difference, I think. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, whatever, this looks pretty much like the the first one. Uh, like, Walter, whatever, came over, and he was like, oh, my God of War looks like dog shit. Yours looks great. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. I guess just, like, it's not enough, I think, for you to, like, notice in a void, but I'm sure if you put them side by side, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. I see what's happening. There's, like, way more things being rendered and way higher frame rate and way, like, whatever else. But, like... From a memory base, I was like, oh, yeah, this looks like God of War on PlayStation 4 in my memory. Mm-hmm. Which I think is... The, yeah, exactly. Which I think that's unfortunately, I think, kind of where we're at now for, like, graphics. Is that, like, they're they're making all these, like, leaps and bounds. But I'm like, it's never going to look like, rend- like the first time you saw, like, rendered polygons that weren't, like, triangles. Like, the first time mm-hmm. the first time a person looked smooth on a game, you were like, what? Like, or, or the first time something was 3D. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's any... Even... We were impressed by stuff. I like. I remember being mind blown at like Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. and if you go back and see the OG PlayStation Final Fantasy VII, it's like blocky. To animation. be fair to Final Fantasy VII, though, is yeah. it's ugly little polygon monsters walking around on still like beautifully painted like rendered locations, right? Like the locations mm-hmm. are not <laughs> are were not created in a three D engine. The locations were like really really nice. Like you look at like. You remove the sprites from almost any scene in Midgar, and you're like, oh yeah, Midgar looks great. Like, it Uh looks like, you know, like a perfect hand-drawn little creepy cyberpunk town. So, even, like, that element doesn't necessarily age badly. Uh, Everything else kind of does, though. Like, (laughs) Cloud has, like, two pipes and a ball. (laughs) Like, that's his arm. (laughs) Yep. Or Barrett's arms that are a series of balls connected one after the other. Uh Uh-huh. It's muscles. Yeah. He's got muscle balls. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, God of War is a lot of fun. And I also started up uh, Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium hmm. is, what is, is, is delivering on the promised weirdness. So you play a cop? Hmm. Question mark? You might not be a cop. Like, so basically the setup of the game is that, like, you wake up. It's I think it appears to, from my, like, extremely limited uh, exploration in the game, be, like, sort of a steampunkish future. Like, mm-hmm. I think you're, like, it's supposed to take place in the future, but it also seems to be kind of noirish and uh, and whatever else. Uh, but, yeah, you kind of don't remember who you are. You don't remember mm-hmm. the case that you're working on. And, like, you don't, you apparently have just been on, like, a three-day bender. And, like, another cop has kind of showed up to bail you out. And there's, like, a corpse hanging from a tree behind the hotel that you've been staying at for three days. And the manager's like, you need to pay me because you just have been drunk and wrecked shit and smashed windows and whatever. And, like, and you have, like, multiple voices that talk to you in your head, like, while you're kind of going on about it and and stuff. Hmm. And, like... That sounds fun. It, it's really fun. And apparently it's, like, monstrously replayable, too. Like, like hmm. you're, like, you... You're like, uh, from what I, like, I've really tried to, like, stay, like, spoiler-free. It's kind of, came out a couple years ago, but they just released the, like, the ultimate edition on steam and playstation or whatever a couple months back uh and like people are like like like, like you don't even need to do the cop thing you can be like live life as a hobo and there's like a whole game in there <laughs> you're like what <laughs> like it's like you can just go off the complete path it's like a hmm. kind of looks like animation wise it sort of looks like a looks like fallout 2 kind of that isometric sort of like top down so like as a result i think like a small dev team could make a monstrous game right because you're Mm. and and the thing the kicker of it and i would say the the selling point why you'd play it in like 2023 is the voice acting is like top notch like just like all the different voices are all like really well spoken and just like it all all sounds like well recorded like well voice acted which you're not necessarily expecting from an otherwise like indie game I, i was like expecting oh it's gonna be like mostly text or like no everything is Everything is voice acting, and somehow they they found pretty good voice actors to do mm-hmm. it. So yeah, you have like multiple different voices in your head all the time, telling you different stuff. And like also, there's like weird stuff where you can like the game sort of like forces you like if you're trying to like find out about yourself, 
the voices are like, man, like you don't want to know who you are. Like you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you have to actually have to like make like sort of like will checks to even like go down line of questioning about yourself because there's like various like mental barriers <laughs> preventing you from even wanting to like like just go after the case, man. You don't want to know who you are. <laughs> you're just like, well, maybe I should do that though. Like that that seems like a logical. Someone died. I don't need to know who I am to solve this. Like, <laughs> yeah, really, really fun. Uh, I would say, I mean, your your uh, real person attention span might might get into it. I, I as as engaged as it is by as I am, I find like the weird like drudging pace and like mental weirdness of it to be like after like an hour or so. If I'm like, oh man, this is a lot. I'm gonna take a little break and kill some people. This is Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's it's, a, it's PlayStation again or it's, uh, it's on computer as well. It's on okay. it's a it's a cross platform thing. You could get it wherever. And uh and yeah, there's like like I said, I think the ultimate the the final cut or whatever the heck it is finally came out. Not that I think there was a tremendous amount of DLC, but I think mm-hmm. it was just fully patched and operational as PC games sure. go. Sure. Anyway, yeah, would recommend. Did you watch anything other than Glass Onion or whatever, or any fun? Uh, yeah, I watched the um, House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price, the Ooh, actor. A classic. Yeah, there's um on uh, Shutter. There's like a, a list of like classic must see movies, I f- and I, I ha- like you know I was just in the mood for something different. Mm-hmm. Eh? You know, uh, well, it's classic. Well, that, really the ha- classic. Ha- what are they called? Hammerstein or whatever. Is it one of those? I don't think like, there so. Was like that, there was like that studio that did all of them, and you can always kind of tell it's like often the same castle set <laughs> and stuff that's yeah. like circling around. The, it was really, really like cheaply done. The setup was pretty good, where like this um, super rich guy and his gold digger wife invite all these people to a party, and they all don't know each other. But you know, it's it, if they survive the night in the house, they mm-hmm. each get ten thousand dollars. And um, uh, and then they're all they're all assholes and they all hate each other and they're all villainous. And then the problem is that like it, it becomes like a like a freak out kind of kind of surprise movie. You know, like they they do jump scares all over. Mm-hmm. But the quality of the special effects for the jump scares is just like laughably. It's like if you and I got together and made some like papier mache, <laughs> uh, you know, like like props. You know, we could make pretty good papier mache. Like if we took the whole afternoon. You know what's crazy though. This film had and a budget of like, like you know. two hundred thousand nineteen fifty nine dollars. Like, well, <laughs> that money did not go far. Even <laughs> went straight well, up Vincent Price's nose. Okay, that's <laughs> the actor. Anyway, uh, I would say I'm happy I saw it because it's a classic, you know, and I and I'm okay to see a bunch of Vincent Price movies, but I don't know that I would recommend it. Yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, I think I have a, a DVD box set of a bunch of. A bunch of like classic old films from like the forties and fifties or whatever, and I think I might yeah. even downloaded like a bunch more. The one of the like the pandemic pandemic weens. Uh, mm-hmm. Sarah and I just went and like we like all, like during the day while we were like playing board games or whatever else like that, we just had like all these like movies from the forties, fifties, and sixties just like playing all day long, and they all kind of mm-hmm. led into each other, and you just see like a woman go like what like whatever and you're just like eh. oh man they have such I mean, a fixation on women screaming oh yeah like something I horrible happens and then you gotta you gotta hear some like th- scream three long times why what are yeah. you doing absolutely hyperventilating screaming yeah <laughs> plays plays an eccentric millionaire Frederick Loren who alongside with his wife Annabelle have invited five people for a haunted house party whoever stays in the house for one night will earn $10,000 what was $10,000 in 1959 I'm just gonna guess a million or close to it. No. Yeah. Really? Ten thousand dollars, nineteen. When was it? Nineteen sixty? You said nineteen fifty-nine. Fifty. Ten thousand dollars in nineteen fifty-nine. Maybe not a million, but like five hundred grand. Uh, a hundred thousand. According to inflation calculator, well, it's a hundred thousand okay. dollars. But still. Like, I would yeah, stay in, that, in a spooky house for $100,000. I mean, I would probably do it for 10000 even. I'd, I'd do the hell out of that. Come on, <laughs> spooky house me up. Get my number. Yeah, that's it. I was like, I'd probably do it for ten grand even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like... Yeah, anyway, that doesn't really count as, uh, as, as, as hot. As a hot take? Hot take, yeah. Are you still playing? Still playing League? Not at all. Not at all. Don't touch it. 
I play a little bit of dungeon crawl, but um, there, there's not a lot of a play lot of, time a lot of Legos at two a.m. Play a lot of Legos at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck, man. Kid wakes up like like if you woke up and you're you're just confused, you don't know what's going on. Okay, it's time to get up, and then you get up. I guess. Except that you're a little stupid fucking baby and don't go back to sleep. <laughs> well, like I can like he's coming. He's like what coming up on two. He's, no, year and a half. Year and a half. So Almost coming up on two. Uh, seventeen. Okay, so yeah, like like two in the summer, right? Anyway, but that's the thing. I'm just like, I'm wondering like what like there isn't even the cognitive like you should go back to bed, buddy. He's like that's not a thing. Like ra- like reasoning is not set in. No, like he's no, just like not my life is a party. Mm-hmm. And you and are if the anything star irritates attraction. me. It's time to scream. Yeah. I have two yeah. favorite people, you and mom, and I would like to be playing with one of you now. Babies, man. I was, talking to, yep. I, I was talking to my buddy at work who, uh, like, sim- similar to you, like, like I think uh, he's in his early 40s, partner's in the late 30s and whatever, and then he's mm-hmm. like, and then we had twins. And he's like, we, we'd been together, like, nearly, like, partnered him in almost 20 years or whatever, so it was like, they were, like, pretty much on the, like, no kids, and then he was like, but then we were, like, financially stable, everybody was stable, happy with it, like, let's have a let's kid. And then the universe was like, two! <laughs> and they're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? What a curveball!" I spent. Like, there's mm-hmm. two people I know that I've spoken to that, and I think that his kids are like I think toddler age, and the Kaz, the guy who I was talking to this summer, his kids are like still baby age, and he's like, "Dude, he's like, especially as first children, like he's like, like mm-hmm. he's like, it's just wild because he's like, there's no handoff, like there's no like tag me out or whatever, like nope. it's there's two of them." <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a cousin who went through that as well, and he just kind of disappeared for five or six years, you know, <laughs> while they were growing up. Yeah, exactly. He's like, and it's like, that's what he's saying. It's like, it's not just like, oh, you have two kids. It's like, no, you have two kids of the same age. So it's like that first phase is just like nightmare town. And he's like, and it's never, <clears throat> and it's also never going to be like, oh, watch your little brother. He's like, that's they're, they're, as soon as they're in age to watch themselves, they're in age to watch themselves. You're like, you're not, they're never going to become like a helper to a younger child. For sure. You know, sure. like, it's just they're all, whatever level they're at is the same, they're going to be at the same level. Like, that's, mm-hmm. uh, man, I was uh, not, not excited to get twins, I bet. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, uh, mm-hmm. back to movies. Boop, 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 boop. Movies that came out, and like I said, these are, like, reasonable movies. Uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring yeah. Nicolas Cage as... Nick Cage. How was it? So good. It was great. It was because like, I mean, it's Nicolas Cage gets to go as Nicolas Cagey as he wants, like up to mm-hmm. and including, like he talks to like a young like Con Air version of himself repeatedly. <laughs> He's like, get us nice. back on top, Nick. And he's like, shut up, Nicky. And is like screaming and having like weird Nick Cage out moments with like current age Nick Cage and like younger, <laughs> like more successful Nick Cage. What 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 is the plot of the film? Uh, so the plot of the film is that like he really wanted to have, get some kind of role in some stupid movie and he can't. And then his agent was like, listen, there's like an eccentric Spanish billionaire who wants you to come to his birthday party and he's offering like a million dollars one weekend of work that's it and he's like first he thinks it's beneath him but then he's like nah whatever I'll like I'll do this and I'll retire and like I don't know what'll come next but like million dollars will just like set me and the kids up and like that'll be like fix off the outstanding debts that immediate outstanding debts and and then I'll just you know move on to the rest of my life and and stop being an actor or whatever Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, and then he becomes kind of best friends with Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal plays the eccentric Spanish billionaire, but then it turns out that there's a tie-in with like a drug cartel of, of sorts, and then the the CIA like try to use Nick Cage as an inside man, and he's like, "I think I have a real knack for this." Like, <laughs> it's like it's like complete insanity, like. At all times, like how does he, how does he play it? Uh, like, kind of all, like all over the place, like it, as which as as he should, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's he he sometimes he plays like super weird Nick Cage, and then like sometimes he's trying to be like a little more mellow, and then he gets like really like 
obsessed with the cabinet of Dr. Caligari film and whatever, like, just, it's, he starts to be like, he's like, I had a good memory of my daughter or whatever, and this is a song that I wrote about her, and he's like just drunk and just like hammering away on the piano and like making up lyrics, clearly. Like, possibly actual Nick Cage making up lyrics <laughs> to a song. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's... Also, there's like a the Pedro Pascal has a weird like like shrine room to Nicolas Cage, with like mm-hmm. a bunch of his props and like there's a couple obvious ones, but then he's like, is that the chainsaw from Mandy? And I was like, man, there's a bit of Mandy like nod. <laughs> Pedro Pascal's like great film Mandy, and he's like, I love Mandy. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, like you know, you're not just pulling from the like face off and Con Airs and whatever else. Like, you're you're going late era into the cage. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's super funny. Like it's, I I feel bad that apparently it uh, it bombed out at the box office. Like uh, apparently had like a thirty million dollar budget and and made twenty nine. Which although, but like super critically acclaimed. Like yeah. like even like critics and stuff like that. And I just this is the I guess the sad world that we live in, where Nick Cage comedy film. That is like very funny. Like I was like, it obviously hinges a lot on like Nick Cage being Nick Cage. But I was like, but I feel mm-hmm. like I would have thought that like that would have been enough to sell a movie. Like I feel that like like Nick Cage is a wild man is like a broad enough like meme mm-hmm. that you could actually hang a movie on it and it have like a bit of a pull. You know, I think Mandy came out pretty close to before it. Like within a couple of years, and then right Mandy before was it was 20, the color seventeen twenty eighteen. Yeah, and then the color out of shape was kind of right before. I feel like him being crazy was on my radar just like a few too many times when that movie right 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 came out. And I, you know, I mean, and, and all of that is post uh, Community, right? Where they yeah. have the entire episode Wait. of like, how is Nicolas Cage the best and worst actor? <laughs> Like in this film, he's like when they're like when you look at like um, what do you call it? Is it God of War or War God or whatever? Face off. Oh no, no. Uh, the one where he's the arms dealer. It might be God of War. Yeah, it might be God of War. Lord of War. Lord of War. Yeah, you look at like Lord of War and you're like, he's great in it. Like, there's no yeah. unhinged, no anything. He's just like fantastic, top to bottom. And then you look at like Bad Lieutenant and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> like, or Face Off. Or Face Off, yeah, but even, but even like 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 Face Off and like Con Air and like even Gone in sixty seconds or whatever, like he's he's still being like weird nineties action insane. Like mm-hmm. he's not like he'll have like his little moments of like Nick Cage, but like I want to take his face off. Yeah, exactly. Wicker yeah. Man, Wicker Man, he's insane. Like he's so crazy in Wicker Man. what a tragedy how badly that that worked out for how good the original was like i don't understand how they could so completely like fail to to everything work yeah (laughs) it's so bad it's so bad it just punches a lot of women also (laughs) like repeated that's like he's supposed to be a cop Mm -hmm. i'm chasing my daughter or whatever uh yeah no also i would say way worth watching in terms of dumb, dumb, dumb comedy stuff. Like, it's not, like, not memorable or whatever, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, and I think it is worth noting that, like, Pascal and Cage actually have, like, a ton of, like, really fun on-screen chemistry together. Like, it, it does mm. not seem like a, like, forced uh, performance or whatever. Uh, although, apparently, Pedro Pascal asked, uh, tried to, like, work out if he could get, a, like, a cameo onto, like, Mandalorian... And Nicolas Cage, like, refused in, like, the most Nicolas Cage way possible to just being, like, he's, like, no way, man. USS Enterprise. That's my home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, I'm a Trekkie for life. Like, like this, not in the film. This is just, like, he's, like, yeah, people's, like, no, I'm a Star Trek guy. I, I refuse to do Star Wars. <laughs> Amazingly, the respect for Cage goes up. <laughs> exactly. I won't take, I won't do a Star Wars cameo. Because the USS Enterprise is where I belong. But I will do Mandy. I'll do a lot of other insane things. And then, uh, yeah, closing off the the, 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 the old holiday film watch, uh, mh- watched The Menu. I feel like I read about this, but 
It doesn't jump to me. Yeah, I mean, it came out like pretty recently. Like it was it it premiered at TIFF in September, so it's like mm-hmm. recent. And what uh, was it? Huh? What? And what is it? It is a film about uh, Ralph Fiennes, who operates as kind of like the like one of those like super top tier chefs. Uh, like the 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 concept is is that like it's a group of people who are going to this private restaurant where everything is locally like sourced and grown from the island. Like they they go, it's all a restaurant on an island, and everything is grown on the island. And it's like a thousand something dollars a person per plate mm-hmm. or whatever. Blah 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 blah. Like, and it is like a culinary like story and experience and whatever it is. And then I mean like the the twist is that um, this evening will end with everybody in the restaurant dead <laughs> like himself and staff like chef and staff included hmm. i don't know that i want to go to that party you don't what what so what happens so i mean like like no one and well no one except for also i mean again i don't want to necessarily get to two spoilers because I would, I would i would say this is actually like a really fun like dark comedy horror like it hits the correct notes of being like funny and like the but at the same time like not to say it's like hard gore or anything but like the horror is still horrific like like you're mm-hmm. uh, i mean like someone kills himself in front of everybody and it's like it's it's there on the screen for like resonate you know like uh yeah really like <laughs> and and just funny and kind of like Shocking is maybe, like, the wrong word, considering, like, what we would consider to be shocking in a film. But, mm-hmm. like, like the film is, it's, the characters are kind of shocking in their own way, like, in how they respond. Like, it's still, like, like, sh- like various degrees of shocking behavior from the chef being, like, this is my magnum opus. <laughs> like, like, this any, any is actors like, I would recognize? Oh, yeah, like a million. Uh, like, well, yeah. Ralph Fiennes is the, the chef. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is, I guess, like, the female lead. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Holt is, uh, I, I guess, the closest thing to the male lead. Uh, he was John in that Lizanne amazing zombie movie. Huh? He um, was. He was also Nux in, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Everybody's yeah, favorite film. Yeah. Uh, John Leguizamo was in it. And he's, like, mm-hmm. pr- pretty... Like not, like, not the biggest role, but just good old Leguizamo. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, we've got time for John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other guys... you. That I don't recognize their name. Looking at the call sheet here, but like you'll recognize their faces, like they're they're recognizable actor types. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it. It was really really fun. It was really nice food, apparently too. Sarah was really excited by the food. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, exactly. That's it. it like kind of like rat like the craziness like ratchets up as it goes, which is like it's well paced again correct uh a correct runtime of 106 minutes mm-hmm. M- movies that are movies that are get in and get out i yep. appreciate it D- doesn't over overstay is welcome uh speaking of that did you hear about like megan there's a, a horror movie came out called megan and it's about like a, a weird like creepy ai doll and it's doing hmm. like it. It's it did that thing that like horror movies can kind of do. I think like Saw did this also, where like they drop in the like post Christmas lull in like January February, and because there isn't a ton of things in flicks, they end up like way outperforming how they're gonna do. What was this? Hmm. Megan, twenty twenty two film. Yeah, I want to see what its box office is. It's like and, doing really really well. Yeah, 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 that's it. It's like one of the. The, the top performers and people are are freaking out about it like on a on a 30 oh yeah on a on a 30 million dollar budget it uh what do you call it? like outperformed a bunch of estimates and did it like did it beat avatar which i don't think anybody expected it to do <laughs> Obvi- oh i know avatar stays probably not like, overall i feel like avatar oh no overall billion. no but i was saying like on the weekend like the fact that it's still yeah, so it's a thirty million dollar horror film that's already at forty five million dollars taken. It's like a week or two out. Mm-hmm. So, which again for a horror film, uh, yeah, 
That's it. Oh, no. So, yeah, budget. Apparently, no. $12 million budget. It's a good performance from a horror film. And everyone is saying it did. Uh, it's it's real good. It's one of those uh-huh. Bloomhouse movies, though. So, who knows? The third act might be kind of crap. As horror films often have bad third acts. That's one thing I will say about the menu. The like, third act of the menu is, like, delivers pretty good. <laughs> like, uh-huh. which is a hard thing to do, I think, in horror because I, I guess like it does the like, it also does the the good thing where the main guy like Ralph Fiennes is absolutely gonna murder all these people, but then kind of mm-hmm. like, it's like peeled away like how shitty all the people in the restaurant are. So you're kind of like, do they deserve it? I mean, mm-hmm. they certainly don't necessarily deserve like murder, maybe for some of this stuff. But like, these are like not good people. Like at one point, like like John Leguizamo's date. It's just sort of like, well, but why am I here? And he's like, where did you go to school? He's like, Brown. He's like, do you have any student loans? He's like, no. He's like, you're going to be killed. <laughs> like, she's like the most innocent, I think, basically. And like, but at the same time, there's like that play of like, he's like, he's like, people, he's like, this should be like, what we're doing here should be illegal. Like, I shouldn't be charging this much money for food to like. He's, like, become disgusted with himself, and he's, like, taking it out on, like, the people that have enabled it. And himself, like, you know, like, his plan is to not just, like, murder these people. It's, like, a murder-suicide plot. Mm -hmm. Of course. Naturally. Uh, So, anyway, so those are the movies that I was watching. And I don't don't think we have a ton more to talk about. (laughs) I think that's it. Uh, Yeah. Stick around for garbage time. I'm going to look at my phone to see if we have anything to talk about on garbage time. No, no, no. I got stuff. I got oh, stuff. Oh, wait. It's John more, was like... It's more Antarctic adventure, though. Oh, boy. John was like, don't worry, garbage time. I've barely done anything except for, like, be in the boonies and play Lego with my children. But I have read about Antarctic adventures. I really have. I read so much. You have no idea. You're about to. All right. If you... Subscribe to patreon.com slash Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.